0: well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Talk shoes. Recorded live. Hello, this is Michael Adams. Nothing but the truth. One man's journey to finance. It is June the 13th, 2015. And once again, we have the privilege of having... Johnny Cerucci on, is the author of uh, Illuminati Unmasked, Uh, he has the website johnnyserucci.com and he also has a blog talk show called Resistant Rising, and so we should have a very interesting conversation today. Before we get started, I wanted to read a few things. First thing I wanted to read is a couple of verses out of uh, Revelations. 18, verses 23 and 24. And the light of the candle shall shine no more in all, at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by their sorceries were all the nations deceived. And her were found the blood of the prophets and of the saints and folks and all that were slain upon the earth. The next thing I want to do is I want to read a couple of things. You know, those who've been listening to the show this week, I did a uh, recording um, uh, called Missing Presumed Dead. It's named after uh, the video. Missing, presumed dead uh, by Bob uh, Dumas. I feel to be a true patriot, a man who had spent his lifetime trying to get the POWs in Korea and Vietnam back home and how the government fought him all the way and how he proved it, that it was real. And why is that important to me and why is it important to this this, con- this conversation today? Well, for me, uh, I was affected deeply, my family, by the Korean War, a forgotten war. And as Johnny, who is a military man, I think that he will appreciate this as well. And there is a connection between war, the Jesuits, heliocentrism. And all the other deception that's out there. I want to read a little bit before, and then I'm going to read a couple letters. Letters that I had an opportunity to finally see this week, and um, I want to read it to folks to to have a personal touch to this show. I feel it's very important. Anyways, there's an article, and you can find this on worldhistoryconnected.press, Illinois. Education. This is from Franklin D. Roche, the Jesuits in Korea, the influence without presence. Since there's a study of the Society of Je- Jesuits in East Asia tends to focus on China and Japan. There is good reason for this. The Jesuits were not present and active in significant numbers in Korea until after the Korean War from 1950 to 1953. However, this article will show that despite not being, physical, being physically present in Korea, Jesuits had a significant influence in Korea through their, quote, Apostleship of the Pen. Folks, you need to understand this. You need to learn about this Apostleship of the Pen. It's through. There we go with the more Korean scholars were exposed to European culture, science, and technology through Jesuit texts written in classical Chinese, the reading language of Korea. Educated elites, moreover, the Jesuit-authored books introduced Catholicism to one group of Korean scholars. One of whom went to China to receive baptism. He then returned home and began baptizing others, leading to the establishment of the Catholic community in Korea, on the Korean Peninsula, before missionary work ever began there. While the Catholic missionaries who did travel to Korea in the early 19th century were not Jesuits, books by their members of that order were would continue to be read and copied by Koreans, helping to sustain the infant church during the many persecutions it suffered. Even once the period of the persecution was over, the image of the still-absent Jesuits shaped now Protestant missionaries under the history of Christianity in Korea and spurred on their own efforts. Today, the province of the Society Jesus has been established in the peninsula with the Jesuits focusing on educational and social work. Let me go down here a little further. I read this whole thing in that show, if you want to hear the whole article, in its entirety and how they use astronomy, the heliocentric form of astronomy, to influence the Chinese and Korean elite and also how they used Presbyterian ministers and missionaries, excuse me, to infiltrate Korea. Because Koreans knew about the Jesuits and they knew about Roman Catholicism and that it was a political system. And they had wanted nothing to do with it. This is a conclusion. The Jesuits formally came to Korea as a corporate body in 1955 when the Wisconsin Province and the Society of Jesus was invited to establish their Catholic institutions of higher learning. Uh, so gone, uh, University Father Theodore Gephardt, a German Jesuit working in Japan, was given the task acquiring land for the new institution, which opened in 1962. This institution quickly expanded, and by the spring of 2012, had more than 11,000 undergraduates and nearly 4,000 graduate students served by more than 400 full-time faculty members. The current president of Korea, the first woman to hold the office, Park uh, Jong-Hai, graduates from Saigon University with a degree in electrical engineering. Another indication of Saigon's prestige is that when the secular newspaper, The Chosen, Ibu, wanted to explain to non-Catholics who the Jesuits were in its coverage the election of Pope Francis I, the first Jesuit to hold the office, it pointed to Saigon's university as the point of reference. It should also be noted that Saigon's university maintains the Institute of the Studies of Religion, which published the only English language journal dedicated to the study of Korean religion, the Journal of Korean Religion. Thirty Jesuits are attached to Saigon in various capacities. And you go on further and learn about this, but I found this to be fascinating, because once I started connecting the dots, I realized the only winners in the Korean War were the Jesuits. They finally were able to establish a foothold. And, of course, we know, we do our research on the Jesuits. They use education, higher learning, their institutions, their universities, and their degrees to influence folks. <clears throat> and then, of course, people end up naturally having a affiliation and allegiance. They become one of the illuminated – not the illuminated – the uh, uh, alumni – <laughs> of uh, the Jesuit school because of you know, the things that they gained from them. The material, the personal gain and wealth and prestige. And now, of course, now they have the president running their country. Sound familiar, folks? Yes, it does. Now, what do I want to do before we get going, To just to bring a personal note about this Korean War because it was a forgotten war and people forget about this war, how many people, young men, suffered and died? I got a letter here, a couple letters I finally found, and much more. I, I got to get this other one. My father had the dubious distinction of being the only tank, American tank, you he, he drove a uh, what is it, a 50 caliber machine gun. Well, as soon as had the 4 caliber machine guns, maybe Johnny knows much more about, more about that than I do, but. Anyways, apparently a North Korean or Russian plane or ended up hitting his tank. <laughs> was the only one. Anyways, it says here, August 20th, 1951 p.m. Hi, Gloria. That's my mom. I thought I would drop you a line and find out how you are. How is the great little town of Bowling Green coming along? It is still very small and uninteresting, although I will admit I used to have a lot of good times there. I wish I were there now instead of here in Korea. I remember how I used to like to play with guns and war games, but it has ceased to be a game anymore. But instead has become a deadly game of fight to survive. I have been in Korea for three weeks now and it looks like I will remain over here for a long time to come if I live. The situation over here is altogether difficult different from the papers so, with the paper say so. For example, we are losing quite a number more men than the papers say. North Koreans, the North Koreans are more barbarian than the, than the Japanese. Just the other day, they f- brought a score of dead, and of course, remember this is 1950, folks, of uh, dead Negroes with their heads cut off. You have to fight to the finish, because over here, they are taking no prisoners, completely overlooking the international war laws. I am this. I am in the 82nd Air uh, Craft Unit, and because of a lack of North Korean air power, we have been reduced. and That doesn't make sense, but we have been reduced to ground units for supporting the infantry. The next uh, letter, December the 5th, 1950, dear Gloria. I received your card the other day and really enjoyed it. As you, are probably, as you probably know, the second division was practically wiped out. I happened to be one of the lucky ones to get out of it alive. I will never know... I will never know better men than me were slaughtered like cattle in a slaughterhouse. I don't believe I will ever forget that day. It was just like a nightmare. Men were slaughtered right before my eyes. There were American GIs laying all over the road, and we had to run right over them to get out of it. I know damn good and well that they weren't all dead. It was a blood-curdling sight. It was five miles of hell to get from behind the enemy lines. We still have more behind the enemy lines trapped and I doubt much that they will ever get out alive. Quite a few of my buddies, my best buddies, were killed in this massacre. We are now sitting beneath the 38th parallel reorganized, waiting further orders, further orders. Either we get out of Korea quick or get annihilated. I am hoping for the first. That was a very nice card you sent me, and I hope you really meant it from the bottom of your heart because I really and truly do love you from the bottom of my heart, and I want you to wait for me until I return. Thinking of seeing you again was the only thing that brought me through this past life, really and truly. I'm not feeding you a a so-called line, but I'm telling you this from the bottom of my heart. I have grown up enough since coming to Korea to speak my mind when I want something, and I really want you. Please write me and tell me how you feel about this issue. I had a pretty good Thanksgiving dinner consisting of turkey, shrimp, pumpkin pie, and all all the trimmings. Little had I realized that such a tragedy was to happen only a few days later. I don't believe I would have been so happy at the time. This is the first time I've had time to write to you in a long time, and I will have to cut it's cut off. It's short, I guess, now, because it's getting dark. Love, Sam. And my father's name is... Rollin H. Adams, and his nickname was Silent Sam, and he certainly was that. He never talked to me about his experience, and I understand why now. And I feel this is very important to bring this up, because with what we're experiencing, what we're recognizing, all the pain and suffering that's going on in this world, there's a certain organization called the Jesuits. And uh, they have not only killed and maimed and murdered and tortured people but they are the reason why we are so clueless and deceived in this world Johnny thank you for being patient with me and, and allowing me to spend you know this next little, little over 50 minutes reading that because I really feel it's important to bring this up because what has happened in Korea what has happened to the soldiers in Korea Vietnam as you know and uh, Iraq and etc it's all related with that, Johnny, how are you doing?
0: Good, Mike. Um, I appreciated listening, to be honest with you. It brought back some disturbing memories of my time in Iraq and just drove home the lesson that the United States military is, has been abused for generations. You might even be able to make a case for it happening all the way back as far as our, our founding – And as I make the assertion in my book that modern warfare between nation states is an enterprise wholly manufactured by what I call the Luciferian elite because they serve Lucifer either directly or indirectly. Certainly at the very top, absolutely they serve him directly for three general purposes, to make obscene amounts of money, to uh, slaughter us commoners. And, and call they call us the useless eaters, call the useless eaters, and to punish the enemies of Rome. And, it, and it's only until recently that I realized that again and again, all you have to do is scratch the surface, know what to look for, and you begin to find gems like you found, Mike, in regards to the Korean War. It, it doesn't surprise me as you were speaking about it, I, I quickly pulled up that uh, article and column myself for my own referencing, and uh, I'll tell you, war, war sucks. Uh, I've I've been to Iraq's first time that I've ever been to a third world country, and I don't know what, it, what the that country's status was before, but after its infrastructure was destroyed by our, our, the United States military, it absolutely is a third world country now. It is yet to be fully repaired in the damage that was done trash everywhere. Uh, Electricity still doesn't work right. Water still doesn't work right, especially in the outlying areas. And it's, it's depressing. And it's even more upsetting and depressing when you realize that it's been done by people that hate us both, that hate both Iraq and the United States. And their intent was to put us all through a meat grinder and... And I also mentioned this in in my book, how upsetting it has been for me as a man in uniform to go through the airport and have good Americans who have no idea what's going on thank me for my service, buy me lunch, uh, try to take care of me, and then turn right around and hold their arms up like they're a prisoner of war and allow some Cro-Magnon child predator to grope their their spouse and their children, uh, and they go along their merry way. They, they get scanned with a n- naked body scanner that goes right into the pockets of, of the same corrupt scumbags in the American institutions that, that instituted our Orwellian police state. And they have no idea that the so-called war on terror was designed to make things worse for them and not better. And it's just very upsetting for me. And then I look back on things that I researched as a when I was younger and when I was a young soldier also and a young officer. And I was always troubled by, in particular, uh, armored warfare. And it was my intent to uh, to go armor, and the Army sucks. They uh, stuck me in field artillery, which I hated every minute of. Uh, and then I ended up serving and, and commanding an armor company, and they – Never bothered to change my branch, but the whole other story is one of the reasons why I got out of the Army. The Army sucks. Um, so uh, in World War II, it always bothered me how um, armored warfare evolved and developed. Uh, the original so-called tanks, which was actually a, a code name that was given to modern armor at that time, conventional armor in by, by none other than Winston Churchill, uh, as, a, as a way to break through the stalemates of uh, World War I in the trenches. Um, trenches miles of barbed wire backed up by um, pillboxes and machine gun nests. And then you have these massive vehicles that are proof against small arms, and so they were designed to just break out of trench warfare. Well, that was the, the thought behind the mainstay, of America's primary tank in World War II, the M4 Sherman, and it's so fascinating that they would be named the Sherman. Sherman was a papal puppet all the way, um, but not to get too sidetracked. The Sherman was designed for World War I trench warfare and was completely uh, inadequate. It was, it was too high. The armor was too thin. The main gun was a, um, a low-velocity 75 millimeter, and everything else on the battlefield far outstripped it. And yet the American High Command, all the way up, from, from the arms, Army logistics all the way up to, to Roosevelt, decided, okay, we could build a better tank or we could make a ton of these crappy tanks. And that's exactly what they did. They chose to uh, turn them into what, what our own soldiers, our own tankers, called Purple Heart Boxes because they had gasoline engines and a, a single strike to that, that tank, to the Sherman, and it would burst into flames. And... In fact, both American and German tankers called it the Ronson in, in wry humor because it did that. Uh, Russian tanks, were the T-34 was, was better. Just about every German tank that was on the battlefield was, was better, particularly the Panther. was a fantastic amalgam of, of sloped armor and speed and, uh, and a high-velocity gun. It wasn't until the end of, of World War II that we started to have the M26, the Pershing, that was also seen in Korea. Your dad may have... Um, uh, sat on a person at some point. But um, it always bothered me that the mindset of America would have been to create uh, many of these vehicles that were subpar and just throw our tankers in the meat grinder and then you back out and you realize you have this awakening and understand that the entire United States government was run by scumbag, traitor, malignant puppets of the Whore of Babylon, uh, and, and they were controlled as, good grief, Eisenhower, uh, Roosevelt, uh, MacArthur, Schreiner, Freemasons. So Freemasonry are the foot soldiers of the Whore of Babylon. They have to use their secret studies, and that gives them a uh, plausible deniability. They don't have to get their hands dirty. The Jesuits don't have to get their hands dirty. They can just co-opt the Freemason puppets and have them do their bidding, or the Skull and Bones puppets. Uh, whoever happens to be in the right place at the right time. It's always important to remember, however, that they utilize these secret societies because they know that if the masses ever understood what they were doing, they'd be done for. They have to use secret societies because they fear us, and they, and they weave these this web of lies to keep us snowed under. But just to, to bring a full circle to you, brother, I, I, I know I was there. Um, War is disgusting. There's there's no use for it for uh, the, the common person. It's there for the elite, and uh, it's despicable how the elite abuse us to to further their ends. Particularly the papal Jesuit, Luciferian elite.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's we <laughs> someday we'll talk maybe we'll talk a little more about Korean War and how those poor boys were set up for the slaughterhouse.
0: Oh, you bet. You bet. we roll right into a Vietnam if we want to. It was known as Cardinal Spellman's War. Spellman of, of the Archdiocese of New York is, is basically the, uh, uh, the brain of the actions of the, of the Pope in the United States, of the Vatican in the United States. It all went through New York. Uh, and, and people say, well, what really happened in Vietnam? Why would we tie our heads? We. There's no we. I never say We. We didn't tie our hands. Uh, Malignant traitorous scum in our government tied our hands because they were told by Rome to tie our hands to create a never-ending meat grinder of war that opened up the opium trade lines to Asia in the same way they did in in Afghanistan today and purposely design a war where there would be no end and there would be no winner. And we can go as far back as the fact that that Rome and the Jesuits created communism in the first place. And then they throw us against communism in this false dichotomy and win-win for them. They get to slaughter heretic Vietnamese, slaughter heretic Protestant Americans, and make millions of dollars at the same time, especially, probably billions of dollars, especially in the opium trade. So.
1: It's true. It's all part of the Jesuit oath, an extreme oath that that's what they will do. And people have to understand that that you know as part of their oath is that they will annihilate us. <laughs> they will do it. Uh, was it expurgate, or whatever? I'm not saying it right, but uh, basically exterminate all heretics. That's what it comes down to, folks. So uh, yeah. So we were we were we mentioned. Uh, I all well, I mentioned. That you, I text you and you Facebook. I think it was your Facebook or somebody else's one <laughs> too. We were communicating about maybe talking a little bit about um uh, centrism and about the well the Jesuits and how they created it a little bit I'd like to talk about and then this whole thing that's as I'm calling I'm calling this the year of the flat earth two thousand fifteen because it's like spreading like wildfire as people are starting to realize that uh, NASA has been lying to us, and there is a great connection. Now, we go back to uh, what happened and uh, what the Jesuits did, and Asia, trying to infiltrate China and Korea and all these other countries, When they refused to accept the religion, and a lot of them didn't want anything to do with the Jesuits. So what did they use? Once again, um, They used, uh, sorry for the delay here, folks. Let me get back up here so I don't misquote it, but it's so important to get it right here. The uh, apostolate of the pen. Apostleship of the pen or apostolate of the pen. So what do they use? They use uh, their learning, their uh, ideas, their philosophies to influence the elite, the royalty, if you will, the intellectuals. And what did they brought with them? They brought with them astronomy and heliocentrism. And if we look at where heliocentrism came from, it came, uh, well, one of the big boys it was uh, Nicholas Copernicus and uh, the Copernican Revolution. And Copernic, uh, Copernicus was a Jesuit. And if you look at the time frame when this came out, came out in the 16th century, which basically means, folks, it came out during the Reformation and then the Counter-Reformation. And I'm starting to get the impression that the heliocentric model that you and I and all of us have been told all our lives is part of the Counter-Reformation. But Johnny's much better at teaching and talking about things like this, and so uh, I was just want sort of Johnny, what do you, th- how do you? What's your feelings about this, as far as heliocentrism and the connection of the Jesuits and Copernican?
0: Yeah, you bet, Mike. Uh, I would say that just about everything in our our modern cosmology, our modern understanding, is a matrix of lies woven by the whore of Babylon, by by Rome, from uh, evolution to the Big Bang to uh, our heliocentric model of the solar system, the universe, it is a cunningly despicable matrix of cosmic accidents that is purposefully created to give us the impression that we are uh, just a, a tadpole in a pool of sludge. Uh, one of millions and millions of similar situations all across this supposed vast universe. And I'll tell you, I go beyond just saying that the solar system is geocentric. I go as far as believing that the Earth isn't even a globe, and that is, it's actually a an extremely vast plane because I have seen some of the evidence in regards to this Jesuit influence, and you nailed it now. I personally have only been at this for a couple of months, so the only thing I've been able to trace on um, Copernicus is that he absolutely was the Vatican's official astronomer mathematician, so there's no arguing there. Uh, I'm still looking on the specifics of, the, of a Jesuit influence, but I've got the goods on the Jesuits and some other examples, particularly in, in Tycho Brahe and uh, Johannes Kepler. So I think that, without a doubt, they began to radically alter our cosmology towards the cosmic accident. And just the idea is just so infuriating to me, Mike, as I see how despicable their efforts have been to erase the evidence of the hand of Almighty God. For thousands upon thousands of years, civilizations all over the planet have known that cosmology points to God. Cosmology points to an intelligent designer, whether it's uh, how we live or how we came to be as humans or whether or not we live in a a massive fabricated biodome on a flat plane. All those things immediately pointed towards the hand of God and they were eradicated. And it's it, it's fascinating to see how they use pure fantasy to make this come to life. When you see things as an alternative news researcher, uh, and you get into the, the aliens and the Anunnaki and so forth, and then you come across evidence that, Oh, Steven Spielberg is actually very highly connected in in NASA and the CIA, and he's got access to secret files on alien abductees. Why would you bring in Steven Spielberg on something that was that sensitive? Well, it's because it's all part of a massive deception, and they need that idiot's power of fantasy and deception, George Lucas, all those schmucks, all the way back to Gene Roddenberry, I'm a big Star Trek fan, Uh, Ray Bradbury, all those guys, they needed their powers of suggestion and fantasy to help refabricate our cosmology. So let me give some some proofs of what it is that we actually live in. Uh, And we can start with just the, um, the sun and the moon. The sun is supposedly some uh, over 200, I want to say 225,000 miles in diameter. And the moon is only, um, you know what, instead of its blurring, let me pull this up real quick. <laughs> okay, so the diameter, the diameter of the sun is supposedly oh, that was off, Uh, 864,000 miles wide, okay? So it's uh, 864,000 miles wide, 92 million miles from the Earth, okay? So the diameter of the moon is um, some 2,159 miles, and um, distance from the moon to the Earth is 238,000 miles. So you, we got those numbers. They're, they're vastly divergent numbers. Basically, moon, small, close, sun, massive, really far away, right? right? And yet, the moon, when it covers the sun in an eclipse, covers it perfectly, lines up absolutely perfectly. What is, that? The supposedly, we're told this is simply a, trick of perspective the moon just happens to be the perfect distance the sun happens to be the perfect distance so that they line up and the moon can still completely cover the sun and yet it's much closer much smaller so much farther away now here's what the audience needs to do do your research and look up the statistical probability of that happening by random chance And when you realize that it is statistically impossible for that to happen by random chance, at the bare minimum, if you swallow all the crap about our heliocentric ball-Earth model of our existence and our cosmology, at the bare minimum, you have to acknowledge an intelligent designer. But it's far worse than that. From what I've seen, the sun and the moon are actually the same size, and they move about in their own perspective uh, tracks uh, across our skyline, just as it says in uh, Scripture, how we look back and, and read things in the Bible. And I'm sure everybody knows from, from listening to you, Mike, that we're, we're Christians here. We're born-again Christians. I am. You are. So that's going to be our bias. We are going to reference the Bible from time to time.
1: No apologies here. And particularly in,
0: in Psalm 19, Verses 1 through 6, the heavens tell of the glory of God. And this is um, uh, a numeric standard updated version. Their, their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Day, pours, day to day pours forth speech. Night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor are these words. In other words, you look up and you see the hand of God. You don't see a vast accident of spinning planets. Verse uh, 4, the, their line... Has gone out through all the earth, their utterances to the end of the earth. In them he has placed a tent for the sun, which as a bridegroom comes out of his chamber, it rejoices as a strong man to run his course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens, and its circuit to the other end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. So that's implying that the true cosmology is that there's um, a limit to the backdrop of the stars and that the sun actually runs a circuit, as does the moon. As a matter of fact, the circuits of the sun and the moon was what brought forth, it was the impetus of Aesop's sable, fable of the tortoise and the hare. The idea that uh, the, the tortoise is slow and, and, and steady and winning the race the fact that the sun and moon have similar tracks, but one is, is faster and the other is slower, so that eventually they line up for an eclipse. That was what was behind the ancient understanding, the ancient cosmology that was only changed recently by the Vatican and by the Jesuits some 500 years ago. So why the sudden change? The sudden change, by the way, we can thank Jesuit Georges Lemartre for the stupidity of the Big Bang. The idea that first there was nothing and then it exploded. Uh, He was good friends with, uh, as as Eric Phelps likes to say, a papal court Jew, Albert Einstein, and that's his way of of saying that Jews are often co-opted by the whore of Babylon, by Rome, to do their evil for them, so that when people realize what's going on, they blame the Jews and not the, the papal hand, Behind the Jews, which is exactly what they want they, they started to do that Ever since the Templars were suppressed in 1307 They realized The first bankers were the Templars And they realized that uh, After Philip suppressed them And uh, tortured and killed Demolay Hey, wait a minute, we can't be putting our own face To what they're, what's going on here We've got to be picking other people Oh, I know, we'll pick the Jews We didn't like them in the first place And that's what they've been doing ever since, and they've been having phenomenal success. It's what fueled um, both the Nazi and the unknown communist holocaust of of the Jews, and is unfortunately fueling what may be another holocaust to come, unless we can get the word out. We have no idea. I know that Zacharias seems to predict a second holocaust, but... um, all we can do is, is preach the truth as, as we know it. So uh, back to where I consider our true cosmology, some facts. Now, the earth, they have to create these lies so that things fit together for them. The earth is supposedly spinning on its axis of 23 and a half degree tilt, right? At the equator is the fastest the earth is spinning, an astounding thousand miles an hour and of course it gets lesser as you move towards the poles it's fascinating to know that we have this i believe it's they, they say we have an east to west spin a west east spin uh of, of the rotation of the earth the equator is a, a mass of a thousand miles an hour and yet a wisp of cloud can gently move in the opposite direction so towards the equator that wisp of cloud is actually moving faster than a thousand miles an hour in order for their model to even work or to even make sense. Uh, this is all through the magic of so-called gravity. Gravity is a fascinating thing. There's, there's no proof of it. And here's, you know what, the, the, our modern cosmology, our ball-Earth heliocentric cosmology is not scientific. It does not follow the scientific method. It's not empirical. You can't measure it, you can't test it, you can't observe it, you can't um, isolate the variables, and you can't repeat it. It's exactly as evolution. And it's amazing how so-called science teaches this crap like it's fact, and yet it abrogates the very rules and laws of science. The idea that water clings to the globe, that our atmosphere clings to the globe, and then there's this magic barrier between our atmosphere and the vacuum of space. How you can have atmosphere on one end, and the vacuum of space on the other, and there's no interference whatsoever. Our atmosphere isn't sucked off the planet and into the vacuum of space as it is observed in modern science. It's stuck to the Earth. As are clouds, as are the smallest insects, birds, they're completely free to move about as if the Earth were stationary, which it is. Absolutely fascinating. If you were to cover a a ball with water, and spin it, even in a uh, zero-g experiment, what would happen? The water would fly off of the ball, wouldn't it? We're told that at some magic moment that no one has ever proven, that mass creates this mystical quality that we call gravity. And all of a sudden, gravity sticks everything like Velcro. And yet, if you were in a helicopter, you should be able to go straight up hover for an hour, and drop down a 1,000 miles from where you were. And yet gravity supposedly locks you in place, doesn't pull you back, it just locks you in place so that you don't have any idea that you're on a spinning ball. How is it that aircraft can go in either direction, east or west, and if you take out the, um, uh, the, 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 the flow of our atmosphere, There are no major changes to the times of their destination, not east or west, and yet the Earth is spinning at the equator at 1,000 miles an hour. If you go in one direction, you should be getting at your destination twice as fast, and in the other, if you're only flying at 500 miles an hour in a typical aircraft at 30,000 feet, you should never get at your destination. How is that possible? Do you ever wonder why when you go into an airport and you try to get from A to B, you can never get from A to B? You always have to go from A to C to D to E to F and N to B. I think that's part of the PSYOP to make sure that both air, aircraft passengers and airplane crew can never put together the true cosmology. If you don't know what the, what the Earth actually looks like, they've shown you in the UN logo where the North Pole is at the center and there's a ring around the outside that's actually Antarctica. It's actually the South Pole. Right. That's what the Earth actually looks like. And interestingly enough, they have this cute little thing where the UN logo is separated into uh, counting the bullseye center 33 little sections because it's their Freemason puppets that are the, the uh, strong-arm aspect of this massive lie. In 1959, when nations began to have the technology and resources to really explore the supposed South Pole, Antarctica, they instituted the Antarctic uh, Agreement. In fact, I'll give you the actual name of it. Let's see here.
1: What's interesting too is while you're looking at that, there's a. Uh, it looks like they have actually a flat Earth weather map. Have you seen this? I have not. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Apparently, so it's it's apparently apparently they you know they being whatever the people that uh, deal with weather. um, let's see, this is where the source is. The source is the uh, National U.S. National Weather Service source, the R-T-G-S-S-T slash N-C-E-P slash U.S. National Weather Service. The National Weather Service actually has a flat earth weather map. Now, I'm going to send this to you, and people, no one else is going to be able to see this, <clears throat> but uh, you can look this up, folks. You can go to... Uh, just look up uh, on YouTube, Flat Earth Weather Map. I'll send it to Johnny, and I want Johnny, as he's talking, to look at this. Um, it will be in the, the chat, the uh, box that you and I are in right now together. So uh, look at this, and it's going to blow your mind if you really I can see it. It actually represents... Uh, how the weather actually works, and then, if you look at a global map uh and those they'll demonstrate it-, it should, just put it on mute as you're talking and just look at it it's gonna just blow your mind, <laughs> so anyways, yeah. folks, go back to what you were saying Ronnie.
0: yeah, um, did
1: you find it yet?
0: No, the stupid skype is a pain on my neck. I can't it's hard to pull up a text when you're talking i'll I'll pull it up in a second. Uh, but in 1959, the, there was a treaty signed called the Antarctic Treaty. Why is this critical? Because it puts together the major nations, the major puppet nations, uh, to include the United States, Russia, the UN Security Council nations, Russia, China, France, England, the United States. These are the nations that are the guardians of the papal matrix of lies. If you were to attempt to prove or disprove the ball-Earth cosmology by putting together an expedition and going yourself to the North or supposed South Pole, you would be met by the combined militaries of these nations. Uh, And it's fascinating how we have this brand-new Cold War and we're at odds particularly with Russia. And yet, if you look at Russian media, Pravda, TASS, Russia Today, you have all of this propaganda, uh, and, and some of it is not propaganda. I'm not qu- really quite sure to how much Russia's co-opted. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that it's not nearly as co as the West, but it's still controlled, particularly Russian media, and at the very top, the, the, the Jesuits, what they do is they control key positions with their, their Masonic puppet scum. So it's fascinating that that you see all of this new Cold War uh, friction going on, and yet when it comes to exploration of space, the International Space Station, it's all lollipops and daffodils. Absolutely fascinating that you could have such animosity in one aspect of your relations, and yet such cooperation in another. Uh, And if you were to try to explore the North or South Pole, you would be met by the militaries of either Russia or the United States equally aggressive to make sure on pain of death that you had no idea what you were looking at uh, or what, no idea that you would be able to discern what you were looking at. In particular, the uh, supposed South Pole is actually more accurately a, a massive ring of ice, and I've got a a great quote from an explorer, a 19th century explorer, James Clark Ross, who discussed in his notes, his his memoir, the icy barrier that he encountered when he sailed. He spent some three or four years trying to broach uh, Antarctica, and it's fascinating to see that this is something he could never do. And I have this quote right now. It's on from, if you go to johnnycerucci.com on air, Resistance Rising, it was my last episode, Resistance Rising, volume, uh, not volume, episode 23, where I quote, uh, it was reprinted in the Spectator of 1847. And Clark Ross, of course, he was knighted, uh, so he never really pushed this issue very far. You know, when you become a knight of the realm, a protector of the realm, then you've been co-opted, whether it's a Knight of Malt or a Knight of the Equestrian Order, a Knight of Columbus. It's how the Luciferians bring in the poor schmucks that, you know, want to be part of the team uh, and don't mind uh, getting on along in their own progress in order, you know, if they have to be co-opted and, 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 and push the lie. So he says, uh, in regards to his journey, As we approached the land, uh, he's talking about Antarctica, under all studying sails, we perceived a low white line extending from its eastern extreme point as far as the eye could discern to the eastward. It presented an extraordinary appearance, gradually increasing in height as we got nearer to it, proving at length to be a perpendicular cliff of ice between 150 and 200 feet above the level of the sea perfectly flat and level at the top, and without any fissures or promontories on its even seaward face. In other words, there was no way for him to get through this massive cliff of ice. He goes on, what was beyond it we could not imagine. For being much higher than our masthead, we could not see anything except the summit of a lofty range of mountains extending to the southward as far as the 79th degree of latitude. So he's coming up, he eventually likens this to the cliffs of Dover. And if anybody knows what I'm talking about, it's these white cliffs of Dover in England that border along the the English Channel. Uh, He finally concludes, uh, when within three or four miles of this remarkable object, we altered our course to the eastward for the purpose of determining its extent and not without the hope that it might still lead us as much towards the south, where he's trying to find the South Pole, right? The whole coast here from the western extreme point now present a similar vertical cliff of ice, about two or 300 feet high. This is what rings the outer part of our known world. It's not a a small uh, icy continent at the South Pole. Uh, And and interesting, I wanted to to go back to this ridiculous idea of all this motion and movement from the Big Bang, We have the Earth spinning at its equator 1,000 miles per hour around the sun. We are moving around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. (laughs) The entire solar system is moving through the Milky Way galaxy at 500,000 miles an hour, and the Milky Way is speeding through the, the universe at 670 million miles an hour. Now, you have all of this motion, and yet, as you look up into the stars, there's not the slightest bit of parallax amongst the known constellations. In order to explain this, the fact that there's no parallax amongst the known constellations, you look at the the constellations, and they're fixed. Some stars have motion, but the, the main constellations do not. And so the excuse for this, that the heliocentrists bring up, is that, we're at such great distances that in spite of all this crazy motion, millions of miles an hour, they're so far away, you still can't understand or feel or sense that we have any of this motion. And it's amazing that people buy that excuse for this very day. (laughs) Another great explanation uh, or experiment, rather, that was done
1: I want to comment on that real fast about yeah, what go ahead. are buying into this. I mean, you know, as I'm listening to this and I've been, I'm researching. I'm not a scientifically oriented person. like musician, artist, that's me. You know what I mean? My, my father being in the Korean war, my brother being a green prey sat me down. My, at least my brother did and said, uh, military not for you. Do something else. <laughs> so, and, my he, you know, and, uh, uh, you're right. You know, I'm not a scientifically oriented kind of guy. So the problem is, so as you're talking about this, it, it kind of the, the glassy eyes. It's important to talk about this. We have to keep on talking about this because we have not been told this. See, we, we focus, you know, many of us are, are visual. We operate with our eyes and all theories and and scientific concepts and all that. Just it doesn't register with us. And I think there's a reason for it. When you start, especially your whole life, you've been told a bunch of crud. You I mean, the the physics that I ended up learning in college that I soon forgot, a lot of the chemistry that I learned uh, that I soon forgot. It turns out the reason why I forgot it was because it was just theory, a glorified way of saying a fable, uh, an idea, uh, a fantasy. And so, without the visual, people have a hard time understanding what you're saying or what other people are saying, especially scientists. This is how they use to manipulate you because you feel dumb because they're using all these terms and they're using math. They're exploiting. They're, how do I say this? They're abusing math and so you get a point where your head spins and you hear, I don't understand what you're saying. It's, this, folks, this is the sorcery. See, because it can't be proven, the expert, the guy at the PhD who uses all the big words, all the terminology, the big math formulas, tells you this is how it is. Gives you a drawing, a cube, computer, whether it's computer, uh, whether it's CGI or it's, you know, most of us actually just saw a drawing. It must be true, because how do I know? Why would anybody lie to me? And I believe that most of the people that are telling this lies believe the lies, because they were never heard it. They never, I mean, what are you going to do? Most people are under the, the mind control from the get-go. So, anyways, the reason why people are buying into it, Johnny, is because, let's face it, you just got through saying, I just started doing this two months ago. I just started doing this two weeks ago. It's fascinating. You know, you finally look at a map of flat earth, and you start looking at these, you know, looking at the... got Did you, gotta, you end up seeing, getting get a hold of the uh, the weather map that's for the flat earth?
0: You know what? I will just look it up right
1: now. Yeah, I send it both ways. I sent it to your own personal Skype account and also on the... Oh, is
0: that a, is that a YouTube link? I do have a YouTube yeah. link. I know. I mean, you watch that and you go, well,
1: no one ever showed that to me.
0: I never seen the Earth that way in my entire life. Yeah, you bet. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, let's see. This was. Oh, well, if you pull up flat Earth weather, you'll go to the Atlantean conspiracy, which is the home site of a flat Earth spokesman, Eric Dubay, and. I think it's very important, very critical to understand that as soon as you get close to understanding the truth of our cosmology and pulling out of the matrix, immediately you'll be immersed in disinformation. And that disinformation in regards to our cosmology comes from the flat earth society. The very first thing that people think of when they start to examine this is the so-called flat earth society which is controlled opposition, it actually uses uh, cynicism and sarcasm to mock us as we search for the truth. So don't go to the Flat Earth Society. Don't go to Mark Sargent, who is a, a, spokes, a spokesman for Flat Earth Cosmology, and he gets into off-the-wall craziness and holograms, and wait a minute, and holograms weren't around 500 years ago. So uh, yeah, it's it, there's a lot of disinformation and I particularly like to stick with, in fact I'm, I'm reading Eric's book The Flat Earth Conspiracy I want to keep Eric in prayer because he's very warm to uh, Christianity as a faith, he's a, he's a good friend to Christianity but he's not a Christian himself and so I just kind of have this sense that he sees how the Flat Earth cosmology has really vindicated Christianity, particularly the Bible. And so it seems like he's um, really coming around and we're going to keep him in in prayer. Um, And so uh, it's fascinating that if you look this stuff up, um, do you know that Barack Obama, oh my goodness, you will never guess. I don't know if this is going to work, uh, Mike, but I have a clip of Obama mocking the flat earth.
1: Sure, you can uh, try it. You can try it and see how it works.
0: Hold on. Turn this Right. And, of course, we know if anybody's
1: listened to the past recordings, strongly recommend you go... Listen to um uh, Madison recording and also absolute evil <laughs> you will um, yeah, Obama is a Jesuit to through so
0: yeah I, if you can if, see I' play this now if we can pick this up All right. let's see here, wait, hold on, you know what if it's only coming on here, I can do this, let's do this. Hearing anything okay, well, anyway, um, uh, you'll never guess where he was as he made this uh, sarcastic comment about how we don't have time for flat earth theories. He was speaking on climate change at Georgetown June 25th, 2013. And he throws out this quip about how we don't have time for flat earth theories. Uh, you can look this up on the Internet. We never Google things. Uh, we, we use an Internet query. It's the title of this one is Obama Flat Earth Society Long, and that's on YouTube. And it actually gives you the information. Obama spoke on Tuesday, on June 25, 2013 at Georgetown University on his climate change policy. These remarks belittle those who don't believe in global warming. We don't have time for a meeting of the Flat Earth Society. Ha, ha. Mm. They're mocking us. They're mocking us. They do this. They have the truth. They put the truth out there, and then they mock us with it. And just like you said, Mike, when you start to ask questions, the first thing they do is to use ridicule and emotionalism to throw you off the track. And right. yet it's everywhere, particularly in the movies. Um,
1: I tell you what, I, I can do this for you. Want me to play it?
0: Do I, it.
1: I can do play. it. Thank you. Here, here we go. We're going to listen to this, and let's see. We got this going. Let's make sure there's no advertisements. Okay, here we go. Politics on this issue. I want to be clear. I am willing to work with anybody, Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Libertarians, Greens, anybody to combat this threat on behalf of our kids. I'm open to all sorts of new ideas, maybe better ideas, to make sure that we deal with climate change in a way that promotes jobs and growth. Nobody has a monopoly on what is a very hard problem, but I don't have much patience for anyone who denies that this challenge is real. We don't have time for a meeting of the Flat Earth Society. Thinking your head in the sand might make you feel safer, but it's not going to protect you from the coming storm.
0: See that, Mike? If you believe in um, – if you believe that climate change is a psyop, then you're just as stupid as someone that believes the earth is flat. Aren't you stupid? Don't you feel foolish?
1: <laughs> Isn't it amazing? It's very fascinating how they human about that – pulling that together and
0: uh and he's at jesuit georgetown university how about that Well, he makes this joke it really it, if you have eyes to see it all comes together and it, it reminds me of what christ said and, and i'm pretty sure this is quoted in matthew 24 that and it's not going to protect you from the coming storm
1: okay look at what you hear it, i just want to hear he said it's not going to protect you from the coming storm good catch not going to uh, protect you from the coming storm. Now, we go back to what uh, Perry, not Perry, what's his name? Uh skull and bone guy, ran against uh, Bush.
0: Kerry, John Kerry.
1: John Kerry, and I believe it was the Prime Minister of France, who said we have 500 days to uh, climate chaos. Right. By the way, the end of that 500 days is September 24th, when the Pope has his joint session of Congress and the Senate. Oh, by the way, do you also this, because we're talking about astronomy and all this kind of stuff, the reason why Pope chose the 23rd, the real reason, folks, is because it actually is the autumn equinox. When the Sun crosses the equator from the north to the south. That's the reason why they chose it. Anyways, go ahead.
0: Great catch, man. Great catch. Well done. You know, it's, it reminds me of the passage in Matthew 24, where Christ is one of the most important passages in all of Scripture, where Christ is telling us about the end days. And he says that it's almost as if, let me get the exact wording, that the very elect might be deceived. Now, he's, he's talking about false messiahs and false prophets, but... Uh he, he says, the great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. And it goes to show you just, I really love the wording of this. It, it just it makes the hair on my arm stand up because it just so perfectly encapsulates what's going on, how thoroughly we have been deceived, and yet, at the last minute, he's allowing the scales to be dropped from our eyes I like what you said, that that 2015 is, is the year of the flat earth, that people are starting to wake up. Look, you don't even have to fall in with us on this. All you have to do is realize that everything that you have been told, you didn't do for yourself. You didn't view it for yourself. You didn't experience it for yourself. You have to trust what you were told, and the people telling you are malignant. They hate you. The people in charge hate you, and they gave you your learning. They told you what the earth looked like. They told you what the solar system looked like. They told you where you come from. And you come from a lightning bolt hitting a a pool of sludge and amino acids turned into tadpoles, turned into monkeys, turned into you. They fed you that. It's not even empirical science. It doesn't follow the scientific method. It's not observable, provable, testable, repeatable and they teach it like science fact and it's science fiction and you fall in line with it and all you have to do is start questioning things you have this, all this supposed massive movement on the planet through the solar system through the galaxy through the universe and none of it is perceptive you have no way of perceiving it the earth is supposedly 25,000 miles Around, right?
1: Support. In
0: diameter. (laughs) As if that's true, and the Earth is a giant ball, there should be a drop of 8 inches per mile. Now, it's actually more severe than that, because in order to measure the curvature of the Earth, you have to use spherical trigonometry, which requires you to square the mile as you're standing at, at point A, you look one mile out, there's a drop of eight inches. If you look two miles out, it's not six, a 16-inch drop. It's two miles squared. Four times eight is 32. Two miles out, you perceive a 32-inch drop. Three miles out, it's three times three, which is nine times eight. It's a 72-inch drop so that by the time you get out to um, – 10 10 miles, I'm pretty sure. I don't want to talk out of my six here. I think it's a 67-foot drop. Yeah. If you can perceive as far out as 10 miles, you should be able to see a 67-foot drop. Now, you can't really do this on land accurately unless you're looking out of the flat plain, and there are many, many flat plains around the world massive deserts, massive uh, um, snow plains. But one place you can do this and are guaranteed to have a level surface is over water because it is the physical property of water to find its level. And those experiments have indeed been conducted. Uh, Back in, again, the, the 19th century, a man by the name of... Samuel, oh, let's see where about his name.
1: Well, I know for me, being a guy before I was, I got hit with the MS multiple sclerosis. I was uh, a train conductor for Norfolk Southern sure. Railroad, and I took freight train from Toledo, Ohio, to Chicago. Boys, uh, folks, I should say, uh, boy, that is a very uh, flat straight uh travel or drive or and so we have uh two two and a half sometimes three miles of train going down that track uh based on that just it's very easy for me to accept the fact that there's a potential for this earth to be flat
0: (laughs) that's a great point mike that's a great point (laughs) because Uh, engineers
1: because based on that based on that this the fact that if it's supposed to be sloping in some way or the other where it's a flat track, that means if we stop um, because you know we look at the train we would have to set brakes and everything um, and when we stop in the main line, what happens? we should automatically start rolling one way or the other,
0: that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, engineers, engineers who create canals or rail lines really do no computation to negate this 8-inch um, drop squared per mile. They do nothing to do that. And the, the name of the man who conducted the experiment, I think it was 1847, was Dr. Samuel Robotham. And he conducted this experiment along the Old Bedford Canal. The uh, Old Bedford Canal is in Cambridge, Cambridge, England. runs about 20 miles. And there is a stretch along the Old Bedford that's called the Old Bedford Level. There's no locks along the Old Bedford Level. runs for a good, solid six miles. So uh, Dr. Robotham conducted the experiment. He, had, he brought his, his telescope out, put it in the canal was there and sent a rowboat across the entire six miles. There was not a drop of an inch found in his experiment.
1: Right.
0: Not the drop of an inch. And it should have been um, a several-foot drop. I think 16 feet.
1: The one thing that people should be asking themselves is, you know, uh, why we don't have... Thousands of pictures, not. let me rephrase this, of photographs of the earth. If we went so high, as they say we have, they have, um, something prevents them from going so high, either either something's preventing them from going so high, or they're hiding those pictures from us. I don't know. I would want to bet on the fact that they can only go so high and that they can't actually themselves get a full picture of the Earth.
0: That's a great point, um, Mike. In fact, i um, busy looking up uh, an individual who claims to be a whistleblower. Let's see if I can pull this guy up. Uh, the vast majority, if, if you go on to NASA and you start, uh, Matthew Boylan is his name, B-O-Y-L-A-N, Okay. Matthew Boylan is a painter who was hired by NASA to paint pictures of outer space. Yep. <laughs> and he is a uh, flat Earth whistleblower who comes out and he does his routine. It's it's kind of like a comic routine, so you can take him or leave him as whether or not he's a good source. But he is a whistleblower This says it was his job to put together and, and look. Here's more proof. Okay? If you go to NASA itself and you pull down images of the so-called Hubble telescope, they're always part, pieced together. But why are they pieced together? Why can't you create an image that's one picture? It's because it's not real. It's not real. They, they put together this PSYOP and, and it, it, it was done with painting prior to, to modern technology and now they with uh, Photoshop that can do whatever they want. As a matter of fact, they uh, manage this very well with uh, GoPro lenses that have that natural curvature to them. So, for instance, the schmuck that went to, was it, 80,000 feet and then did this uh, high dive, and then he he lands on the earth and he gives his little cute Masonic, free Masonic hand signal to show, oh, yeah, as soon as I saw this guy that Red Bull uh, uh, drop from 80,000 feet uh, being plastered on every single corporate news media outlet. I knew it was a psyop at the bare minimum was bread and circuses to, you know, wave this red cape amongst the people like a, like a a pro football game. Ooh, look at this. Aren't you distracted? And then I found out that uh, he was just co-opted part of it. There's a great uh, series of pictures and, Eric DeBay is on his, his YouTube channel, that shows you, on the one side, we'll show the, the video of this guy about to jump out of his little astronaut's chair with the GoPro lens that makes you think there's a curvature. But at the very beginning, he rolls out this circular door, and as he rolls the circular door out, you can see the horizon is flat as a board. Flat as a board. And that's some of the other proofs that you can do experiments on You can find video that as you send balloons up with cameras on, the horizon remains flat and rises up to meet you. If the Earth were a globe, it would not do that. You would immediately see a curvature. If you can look more than 10 miles, you should see a curvature. And another great experiment is lighthouses. Lighthouses, on average, can be seen 30 to 40 miles away. Depending upon the height of of the lighthouse... Some of them should be as anywhere from 200 to 400 feet below the surface. It, it should be impossible to see anything from 30 to 40 miles away. All you have to do is get a, a book of lighthouses and a calculator and do the spherical uh, trigonometry, and it will show you the Earth is flat, especially across the the, the, the plane of water. Uh, and so they, they use this trickery of, of paintings and GoPro lenses um, Oh, my goodness, don't get me started on the, the International Space Station. They, they do these, these promos, these PSYOP promos of these, these tools that they have, these supposed astronauts, astronauts and uh, they have these little commercials that they do with these jokers where they're supposedly in a zero-G atmosphere. And in reality, um, it's all trickery. It's done with harnesses. And it's done with a specially configured aircraft created by Boeing that uses a parabolic flight path to simulate zero gravity. And in fact, um, they show you this. And the vast majority of these uh, videos you get from the National Space Station, they're in these narrow sections that are never larger than the fuselage of an aircraft. Well, that's why. Another way that they simulate uh, lack of uh, gravity is by doing these sup- supposed training that they then go ahead and film as the real thing in water, and in fact, um, there's a there's a great uh, a great um, uh, article that you can pull up if you query astronaut nearly drowns. You'll come up with a story from 2013, and they don't tell you, particularly on space.com. They tell you the astronaut nearly drowned, and he was really in space. They don't tell you where the heck all this water came from. There's actually video of a supposed Chinese astronaut where where a bubble of air escapes from his helmet and rises up in front of the camera. So if you search for this stuff on the Internet, you will find it. Uh, Space suit leak that nearly drowned an astronaut. Um, Space.com. And, of course, they, oh, it was our fault. It could have been avoided. It was a a potentially deadly space suit water leak. Okay, you're supposed to believe that all of this was in the actual suit itself. And then you can start getting into the, the amazing PSYOP that was the, the, the moon landings. They, the, um, the moon effort, why did they call it um, the, these efforts? Apollo, why did they name after Apollo? Uh, which is known in, in Greek mythological circles to be uh, uh, really Satan, another name for Satan. They always have these mythological, Greek mythological names for these efforts in outer space. It's because it's a massive pagan demonic PSYOP. Why is it that all of the astronauts were, particularly the uh, the Apollo astronauts, were Freemasons? And they and they brag about it. And their pictures that show you the little Freemasonic ring. They have special displays of their Freemasonic apron, and then they add it to the psyop and they say, "See that a Freemasonic apron is on the moon?" No, actually they're Freemasons because they can be counted on to lie for you. And the few poor, you know what? that try to not lie, that try to stand up like Gus Grissom, get burned alive. Gus uh, hung a lemon off of his uh, lunar lander module to try and tell people what's going on. They burn him alive. They help let everybody know this is what happens. In the same way that uh, new presidents get a, probably get a video of what happened to Kennedy. Oh, you want to do the right thing? You want to win against communists? You want to let the Congress print silver certificates? You want to smash the CIA into 1,000 pieces and scatter them to the four winds? This is what's going to happen to you. And our papal puppets like the Dulles family will be right on top of things to make sure that it happens.
1: Right. Have you you, uh, looked at the article about, I don't know how credible it really is, but it could be. It says here, uh, NASA scientist Alberto... Bahar died in plane crash January 2015 in Los Angeles, making the total of 74 scientists dead in two years.
0: So
1: I haven't seen him just,
0: as an example, but I will tell you that, that I am familiar with these mysterious deaths of scientists. I think the vast majority of these mysterious deaths of scientists are these people that are actually good empirical scientists. They start to ask questions. They start to rock the boat a little bit, and suddenly they have a car accident. Suddenly they have a plane accident. And all the other scientists around them start to put two and two together and go, huh, maybe I better shut up. Maybe I better put a, uh, um, pull a, um, what's his name? Uh, <laughs>
1: That's all right. You know, we're going to go bounce all over the place, and it's good. Listen, yeah, I, Ebola.
0: Eric, yeah, DeGrasse.
1: Yeah. All right. I, yeah. Uh, Ty- yeah. Uh,
0: Tyson. Yeah. Tyson grass or grass to Tyson? yeah, yeah, yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm, I'm gonna pull Neil deGrasse Tyson and, and start towing the line for these uh, Luciferian sun worshippers. <laughs>
1: oh, that's like uh, was it Rogan? Is that what his name is? That uh, he he was a uh,
0: oh, that son of a gun. That's he of a gun.
1: he shut up after Tyson uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson showed up.
0: He sure did. He was the big moon skeptic, and then all of a sudden he shut up. he also shut up as soon as he started getting famous and getting all of his uh, um, you know, getting a lot of coverage, a lot of commercial um, uh, uh, monetary support for his little podcast there. Um, this is, oh my goodness, you've got to pull this up. This is the papal. Lie Matrix in a nutshell. Obama, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and Bill Nye, the science guy, have a <laughs> selfie off the New York Daily News. The, the three most satanic scumbag papal puppets who have created your Jesuit worldview. Global warming and evolution, Bill Nye, the, the Doofus with the bow tie. I think I like that name better. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson and his lie of the heliocentric ball earth universe and their puppet um, in in the most powerful nation, defacing the most powerful nation in the world, my beloved America, uh, Barack Hussein. Uh, Just pull it up. What's it called? President Obama. I never call this turkey president. Obama, Bill Nye, Neil deGrasse Tyson share epic geek selfie, daily news. And there's everybody you need to see pushing and requiring the papal matrix cosmology lie.
1: Huh. Interesting.
0: There it all is, all together. What does it say? Evolution, space, and Obama. (laughs)
1: well you know of course you know that's their job their job is to see this I'm starting to realize that science and sorcery the same thing that uh, we look at the sorcery that the Jesuits have have created through Hollywood uh, through uh, the um, the apostolic of the or, or the apostleship of the pen uh, they have uh, systematically, basically, um, they've confused us all.
0: They, Mike, they really are um, adepts, black magic adepts. They have as much to do with real science as, well, they don't. I'm, I'm trying oh. to find a humorous way of saying it. They don't. They're not scientists. They're black magic adepts. In the same way that the, the most powerful people in the world will go to Bohemian Grove and get naked and run on the woods and then bow before uh, a massive owl and conduct an ancient pagan demonic ritual with hoods and the bonfire and actual real child sacrifice, do not believe that the Alex Jones psyop that they... Uh, that they burn an effigy of a small child, they commit actual child sacrifice at Bohemian Grove. They use child sex slaves that are brought to them by MI6, the CIA, and the Jesuits. They own the human slave trafficking trade. Uh, I, I commend to you the, uh, the work of Kevin Annette. He's, he's crazy. He's off his rocker. He wants to create a whole other country in Canada, but you know what? He's got the goods on the, uh, the child-sex-slave trafficking trade, particularly as it was run by uh, Jorge Mario Bergoglio during the Dirty Wars in Argentina in the 70s. Oh, yeah. so,
1: Apparently, he says... and he, Well, there's no reason to uh, doubt him at this point because he should be in court right now uh, going over this. Uh, uh, Pope Francis has been accused of... Uh, uh, human trafficking. Uh, basically, <laughs> witnesses saying that they've seen them kill babies and drink their blood and all that. And I know this sounds really just... I'm sure anybody that hears this show, my friend, are going to think we're nuts at this point. But you know, the reason we get to this point to actually believe these things and start to see differently is because, well, first of all, we've learned about the Jesuits. we learned about our world and the world's structure. We've learned about how the fact that it's all based on a bunch of lies and deceptions. So it's easier and easier and easier to accept even the more uh, uh, perverse and strange and whacked out things because of the fact that we know the source, where it's coming from, for real. So, <laughs> it's, But, uh, yeah, you know, you look at this whole thing about NASA. Uh, you know, you brought up the International Space Station. Is the shuttle even real at this point? You know, have we really even... What is blocking them? Is it the Van, uh, Van Allen belt, or is it something more? It's,
0: it's, yeah, it's it's absolutely impossible. There there are no planets. They fabricated this whole Star Trek, Star Wars stupidity of fantasy to feed this lie, this cosmology, the idea that there are millions of planets, just like there are billions, trillions. Like that idiot Carl Sagan, billions and billions of planets like ours all over the universe. You're just a random cosmic accident. No, no, it's all science fantasy. And they've created this through the movies. And yet every once in a while, they'll throw out movies where they give you the truth. That stupid movie, a Truman show. Uh, there's a, a, an even better movie about how we live in an apparent simulation called the 13th floor. And it, shows you particularly that the 13th floor was just really well done and how oh, well, even in Star Trek, the, uh, the episode for the world is hollow and I have touched the sky back from the original Star Trek. The idea that there were these people that live in a, in a biosphere and they were kept by a malignant computer from asking too many questions or exploring too far. And that episode opens up, there was an old guy that climbed the mountain and he touched the sky and he found out that there were limits to his environment, and so he was killed. Uh, and, and so they will, they will let you know if you know how to see it, Mike, it's there. But if you don't know how to see it, they mock you with the truth. And that's what we're here for, is to show people how to see it.
1: Yeah, and, and he, it just goes on. Like uh, the Hubble um, telescope, this guy hated God. He, well you back? You know, he. You could do a little bit of research. The guy says flat out, I, you know, that he hated God, hated the Bible, he hated uh, anything about God. He'd do anything in his power to disprove it. Uh, so they name a, a telescope after him.
0: Stephen Hawking. Same thing. Stephen <laughs> Hawking. In, in fact, um, if, if I'm not mistaken, I, I haven't studied a lot on Hawking. Um, his his voice is automated and. You know, it's entirely possible, when you start questioning things, it's entirely possible that Stephen Hawking is, is a psyop. Where exactly is his computerized automated voice originating from? Is it actually originating from his brain, or is it being typed in from a remote source by one of these Luciferians, and this poor guy is being used to mock God uh, and, and promote the lie of cosmology, as we, as we have been told? Well, that's
1: interesting you bring that up because this is, I, um, before she, she just died two years ago, 18, my niece, but I helped raise her. She had a rare disease called glutaric acid type one where supposedly her, well, her body wasn't able to, uh, break down protein past the glutaric acid level and it destroys her nervous system. I'm starting to think that they gave her some kind of shot and it ruined her, but, um, Anyway, so she was able to talk, or walk or to do all these things, or you know use her hands, but she could use her eyes and she could smile, and you know that she was there and actually, she went through a public school system, you know now, why did she not get that same technology i'm starting mm-hmm. to think I'm starting to think in fact, I remember even what ten twelve years ago well it's, they're still working on it how did that guy have it all this time and they're still working on it? I'm getting the impression that he was one of like, my, sister, my niece.
0: He could very easily be just some poor human being that they are using to mock God.
1: Absolutely. And not only mock God, but they also just is like a scapegoat and say, oh, look at this genius, this brilliance. And, uh,
0: and think about this, Mike. Think about this. You have no um, moral authority to question anything he says. He's an invalid in a wheelchair. How dare you question the great Stephen Hawking? What a perfect psyop.
1: Absolutely. And when it comes down to sorcery and psyops, it's the same thing. We call it psyops today, but they call it sorcery.
0: (laughs) You bet. And it's it's
1: all mind control. It's all playing with your mind, convincing you to go this way or the other way. It's not really that difficult, folks.
0: You were spot on from, from uh, all you have to do is look into NASA and see that it is one of the most evil, despicable organizations. How it could be an official government organization is no less shocking and disgusting in the same way that the FBI could be a government organization created by Papist Charles Bonaparte to go in and obfuscate criminal investigation to make sure that when the Papists commit terror and murder and assassination... On, this, uh, uh, on our soil that they're ta- uh, properly covered up and taken care of. From TWI 800 to Oklahoma City to uh, uh, World Trade Center 93, World Trade Center 2001, again and again and again, these are, are traders, scumbag traders that are controlled by outside sources. How is NASA capable of, of just committing psyop after psyop when you look at from their involvement with Luciferians from Jack Parsons to what happened to Gabrielle Giffords, I'm convinced that Gabrielle Giffords is not the same woman that she was, may not even be um, the same woman in the sense that perhaps they've experimented with cloning on her. Her astronaut husband, Mark Kelly, I believe has a twin brother of his Scott, I think is his name. Now, if you look up, the Kelly brothers, both of them astronauts, you suppose the twin astronauts, if you look them up, I have yet to see, now it's possible, I have yet to see family photos of these two Kelly brothers growing up. My first thought is to be suspicious of cloning experimentation. And you find out that they use this cutting-edge suspended animation technology to save Gabrielle Giffords, and then you see now that both Kelly and Giffords are the leading edge of the gun control movement, and that Gibbards is never, every time Gibbards is in public, she's always got this, this scumbag, this Luciferian Kelly next to her, right next to her with his hand on her in some way, as if he's her handler in some way. It's beyond creepy. Absolutely beyond creepy. She's not the same person, at, clearly she's not the same person, and I think that she's been ma- manipulated in, in some way. And NASA is behind that? Are you kidding me? How is NASA involved in this? Suspended animation? Because it's transhumanism. And the one thing that the Luciferians fear above all else is game over. Game over. Judgment time. I've read a statistic, Mike. Uh, I'm not sure. You might want to quote me on this. One out of one people will die at some point in their lifetime.
1: <laughs>
0: so far, so far, no exceptions. With the, oh Well, I have two exceptions, Enoch and Jesus Christ. Oh, wait, Elijah. Three exceptions. Enoch, Elijah, and Jesus Christ.
1: Well, you know, that goes to the question, you know, so so fear of death. Why are they so uh, frightened of death unless deep down inside they're afraid that they might end up somewhere they don't want to be?
0: Oh, bingo. Bingo. And so and, that's, that's <laughs> their, what they fear more than anything else.
1: Could it be true? Now, that um, there's a hell. Um, yeah, you look at this. Oh, I was going to go through this. I mean, we are really... On the pavement today. This is awesome. I love it. Um, where? So they want. They're afraid of death. They want to overcome death. They're worried of final judgment. Um, they want to try to, you know, through transhumanism somehow that maybe they can, um, you know, blend man with machine and, and maintain themselves longer. Um, which is, you know, yeah, sure. It's always been a dream with the man, with man especially a man without God. Um, do you think that they know that God's coming? Oh, here, we're, so we got this tel- these telescopes. They're up there. We got Hubble, and then we got like Lucifer. What do you, and they're sun worshipers. I mean, this is all about the sun. The heliocentrism is really about convincing people to worship the sun some way. Um, what are your thoughts about that, first of all?
0: Well, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is that, uh, you know, we, we've we been told again, and I think this is in, oh, screw tape letters and was um, immortalized in uh, Usual Suspects, the movie, of how the the greatest trick the, the devil ever pulled was to convince people he didn't exist, that's not quite accurate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was to convince people God didn't exist. And that's what he does with this Jesuit cosmology, this Big Bang Evolution heliocentric ball model solar system cosmology. And the vast majority of the Satanists and Luciferians, at At all of their levels at the at the bottom and at the middle, they all really are sold out to this. but I honestly believe that at the very top, perhaps the the enemy himself um, and his his closest minions, they move forward under this perverse twisted ideal that because the Lord allows them to act in their providence that they're actually helping, and in a in assorted a way, they are. I think it was in the book of of Jubilees. Um, let me get this quote for you, where the Lord is about to judge uh, the Nephilim and and. Are we all tracking the methyl, and Mike, have you talked about the whole hybridization of, um, uh, you know, humankind and, and angels, uh, particularly in, in Genesis chapter 6, and uh, this interacting. You know, a lot of people that get in these paranormal variety shows, it's so easy to get off track. They talk about, um, they might talk a little bit about the Freemasons, but not a lot, because they're, they they really are, uh, it really is helpful to talk about them. They talk about the demons and the and the the, the Jews, the Zionists, the Anunnaki. Um, they get into that because it's a helpful distraction. It it, it it gives you some information, but it never leads you back to the the whore of Babylon.
1: So sorry, right. I I've done uh, quite a few shows on this and. Uh... For my research, first of all, in the Bible, it doesn't really support it. I think they're twisting the scriptures to support what they're up to
0: in other words well, it's it's I, okay. I,
1: it's, it's a and this whole idea of them manipulating genes and playing God, and they're just it's i mean really, I mean, if you go back and listen to my my studies you know and, you know it's not sal issue well in the sense that you know <laughs> it's a, if you if if we disagree on the issue, that is perfectly fine to me um but if you look at uh, scripture and all that, and uh you know the, the other edifying other does a really good job explaining it
0: well i I think, scripture... I think it's it's important to understand it and, and honestly, I will put in a plug for this somewhat exotic understanding of genesis chapter six it, it's pretty clear that um this was part of the judgment, that, that this is why the flood came. The flood came, what, it didn't come because of sin, it, it came because of this poisoning of, of genetics. More importantly, why would the Lord, how often do we mock as Christians in regards to the uh, stipulations that the children of Israel, the Israelites, the Hebrews, would be told to enter the promised land and, and in certain areas wipe out every man, woman, and child? How often do we mock with the lack of compassion When in reality, uh, there are specific instructions, I really love how this comes out. I want to say it's Deuteronomy 20, I'll pull that up in a minute, where the instructions are specific to geographic centers. There are certain people who were afflicted with this genetic tampering. Um, and those were the ones that were to be wiped out, man, woman, and child, and even their animals, God forbid, unfortunately. Why would God be so so vicious and vindictive? It's because these Luciferian scum were experimenting on everything. comes up from apocryphal writings of uh, Enoch and Jubilees and Book of the Giants. They were splitting uh, uh, DNA and doing the genetic tampering with with everything possible in order to create this this race of... Uh, beings that had to be eradicated. And so we don't have to subscribe to that, but the reason why I came to this was there's a, there's a quote in Jubilees that I like to bring up where uh, this was after the flood. And after the flood, there was this, these shenanigans were taking over all over again. And that the children of Noah are said to have complained. The good children of Noah are complaining to Noah and to the Lord that they're being led astray, and it's going to start all over again. They were terrified. They don't want judgment to come. Uh, can the Lord please judge these, these hybrids, these, these demonic beings? And so this correspondence goes back and forth, and supposedly uh, this was between the Lord and the devil. And it goes something like this, Jubilees 10, verses 8 and 9, and the chief of the spirits, Mastema, who is also later on thought to be believed as the devil himself, came and said, Yahweh, Creator, let some of them remain before me, these hybrids, these and let them listen to my voice. Do all that I shall say unto them, for if some of them are not left to me, I will not be able to execute the power of my will on the sons of men. For these are for corruption and leading astray before my judgment, for great great is wickedness, is the wickedness of the sons of men. And the Lord said, let a tenth part of them remain. Wow. wow. So I never, what, I,
1: never, I, ne- I never heard that one before. That's
0: in fact, Jubilees 10, verse 8 and 9. And basically the idea is, is that the providence of God is allowing this apostasy to occur, to test. And this comes out to the bottom line, Mike and what is our purpose why are we here we are here to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ I think it's Romans eight twenty nine. we are conformed to the image of Christ by pain and by trial why is it critical that we be, be conformed and, and you know there's so many people so many unknowledgeable Christians say, well we're here to worship God no ha, what we're here to worship God You worship God in your life by your trial, by by having a passion for Christ, and in your trials and challenges being conformed to his image. Why is that critical? Because your highest destiny is to be his companion. And Yahweh is the great matchmaker. And he wants to mold you by fire to make you a good companion for his son. And if in the process he has you challenged and wore down by these Luciferians who gather up so many, most of our brothers and sisters, then so be it. That is the will of the divine creator. What is the pot to speak to the potter? Right. It's his desire to allow this apostasy. But you know what, Mike? He loves us. And those who are burdened, those who have a heart to see righteousness, blessed are they because they will see it. They will see it done. And we will be able to, at one point or another, in this life or the next, we will see the righteousness of Christ done, and I'm ready at any point. Christ is not going to come down and wave his hand and in the in the, the twinkling of an eye have the earth conformed to what it was supposed to be to what it would have been under our stewardship under our proper stewardship the earth belongs to us the earth is Christ it was made by him through him and for him first colossians uh, I'm sorry colossians 1:16 it was handed to adam and adam's children to steward It is ours. It is not the devil's. The devil doesn't own the earth. No,
1: it doesn't.
0: The only thing the devil owns is the system. He owns Mystery Babylon. He owns the money. He owns the intelligence agencies. He owns the militaries. But you know what? It's ours for the taking. All we have to do is assert our authority as stewards on behalf of the King of Kings, and it will be ours.
1: Yeah, and I think... uh... As far as um, <sighs> I think this is where the second coming comes in. This is where it's God's final judgment. He will make it all right. We have to just ride through this. He's trying to find his his true, you know. I know he's not trying. He is. He's gathering his elect, and he will have his final say. And he's allowing these these these, as you say, Luciferians, these Satanists, these man worshippers sun worshipers with a U to do their thing right now and we just um, have to put our faith in Jesus Christ right through the storm if you will right through the um, tempering the refining process that God has for us what is it ultimately I feel is coming to the realization that He is the realization He is the only hope to put our faith our absolute faith, developed faith in Him, that He gives us as He shows us how flawed the humanity is, how flawed the, the world is. When we say world, we're talking about man. We're not talking about the actual His earth that He created. We're talking about man. And that we may not put our faith in ourselves. So that's how I see it. um may simplistic in it, my approach, but, you know, going back to... Why why do you think they're lying about the flat of the earth being flat in this extended plane?
0: Oh that- sure, yeah, it's it's um, I'm sorry we didn't answer that question. It's it's critical. It is the way to enslave the masses. If you believe that you are a cosmic accident, if the hand of God is obscured from your eyes, then you don't believe that you have a spark of the divine in you. It's easier for you to be oppressed. It's easier for you to eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. You are nothing more than a cosmic accident to be trodden down by the Luciferian elite. What, what did evolution do for um, uh, the, the industrialists of the 19th century? They applied the lie of the, the demonic lie of, of evolution to modern industry, and the Carnegies and, and the Mellons—they um, threw thousands of good people into the coal mines, into the steel mills, ground them down, poisoned them, used them, bled them. They're still doing it in China. Because you're a cosmic accident. Well,
1: they do that a, every, everywhere. This, is, this has been part of the, the the dragon's empire. You know, the fourth and final empire, all the empires. The Babylonian system is slavery. A big part of this it is slavery. People don't realize this. I mean, uh, the, the, the early Roman Empire, one out of three people was a, was a slave. And, and this very day. And yeah, and. Uh, Well, it's even worse if you think about it. When I say slaves, those are technically slaves. They had slave owners. Then there was the free men, and then there was that 1% that's always been that's ruling everything. Uh, It's fascinating to do the research on early Roman history, culture, what it was like, and you look at it today. But back then, they had like fast food restaurants they had every other shop was a is a bar was a, or most people didn't have the capacity to raise or grow their own food or or even to cook their own food in the early roman empire and we're talking about you know say 100 ad or even prior to that this is what they've done they have uh, we live under the roman system and um of enslavement, and we look at all these sorceries. You know, one of the things that I see, like all this thing, like NASA and Hollywood and public school system, it even parochial schools, the whole Jesuit school system, of, and the whole Jesuit education system and indoctrination system. It's really all about. Ensla- it, it is a psychops. It's all about controlling your mind convincing you that you're nothing more than a piece of meat that they can use and abuse. Because people realize, like you said, that they realize their true potential, they, uh, who they really are, that there is a God, that they have a purpose. Uh, <clears throat> that would cause people to rise up. I mean, let's, look what happened with the Reformation and with, uh, um, you know, Luther and Tyndale and uh, giving people uh, the word of God, the average man that caused havoc in the empire.
0: <laughs> so at every turn, like at every turn, the whore of Babylon was there to obfuscate information and how, how perfectly does this fit for them in Taking a second to pull it up. Um, Romans chapter 1, when it talks about, um, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within men. That is, the, that is the, the Luciferian elite to a T. They take the evidence of God and suppress it and replace it with a lie. And they do it for the purpose of enslavement.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's the truth. And it's the same old system that's just been repackaged in way over and over again uh, to think that people are, live in the modern world. You know, uh, the modern philosophy um, Modernism um, You know, I, I, one of the things i got to talk about here Before we end this Is about the geoengineering that's going on And the weather wars and Because, uh, you know, we're talking about the astronomy We're talking about the heavens There's two heavens There's our air and then there's another heaven And um, I what is your what's your take on that now we we talked about psychops we talk about their war against God and blinding us from knowing who God is and our own potential. What do you think uh geoengineering is what is all those lines all about because it's all part of this deception well
0: you bet you bet and um first and foremost i I wanted to this this is
1: some this is something by the way, I sorry to interrupt but this is something that you know, as far as the nephilim go and about geo you know as far as biological engineering and about making hybrids at best at this point, we could think about it speculate on it until we see it and you we are able to see it with our senses, God gave well, us. And,
0: yes absolutely. we don't we and, don't
1: know we but we definitely know they're messing with the sky. <laughs> What's that all about? I have, a, I have a theory, and it's only a theory, but I want to hear yours first.
0: There is a, there is a fantastic case, I will say, first of all, for evidence, both in, in Scripture and in, and in real life. And they talk about why and how the Smithsonian rushes in to scoop up artifacts and remains of people that don't fit Along the evolutionary line Particularly evidence of Supposed giants So that's sure. kind of tough to prove But they do have a motive And the motive is To further this lie And it's funny I'll throw out one more Flat Earth proof For, for the audience before we, before we leave that If you watch so many Of rockets That are launched into the sky What do they do? At some point they either blow up or they start a parabolic curve. Yeah. They never, ever, ever go straight up. There are limitations that they cannot broach. So um, geoengineering is absolutely luciferian. It just shocks me. It absolutely shocks me how people continue to look up the sky, see these patterns of this, these chemicals being sprayed overhead, and think absolutely nothing of it. And it's dramatically more evident in the West, although I have seen a buddy of mine continues to show me pictures from Serbia, how there's also uh, what we come to call chemtrails. Look, okay, regular you, aircraft.
1: You'll, you'll find it all in Australia, South Africa, uh, the Philippines. In the
0: you bet, but especially in the West. Uh, and, and, and it's because of, that they, they, they hate us more than anybody else around the world, um, and they want to punish us. But an aircraft flying at 30,000 feet will leave a slight trail of vapor. It's water vapor. It dissipates in a a matter of minutes. When an aircraft leaves a persistent trail, those are chemicals that are being spread across the sky. And I've seen uh, pretty good guesses uh, towards uh, aluminum, and, and and barium and some strontium because aluminum helps with refraction and some of this comes from the work of of tesla when you take a massive antenna array and blast the atmosphere you are able to manipulate weather but there are many 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 more applications to this technology that i'm sure we won't we won't know for sure uh, until it's our turn and we're busting down the doors. Right. But uh, it's, it's clear that with a blast of electromagnetic radiation that is – it's like a binary. You, you coat the atmosphere with aluminum particulate, and then you blast the atmosphere with radiation, and you are able to manipulate weather. You can even refract that radiation and – um, cause human harm, human damage. You can um, refract that radiation, and even uh, I've seen experiments where mobs, where uh, were, were a gathering of people were turned into a mob. You can make a, a, a peaceful gathering turn into an angry mob using this type of technology. So, uh, And this is going back, gee whiz, you can pull up on the uh, on the internet the experiments. Uh, let see.
1: Well, they were doing it at least since the Second World War, and uh, <clears> they've <throat> messed with the weather. So, <clears throat> and it was big time in uh, the Vietnam War. So yeah, is 1952.
0: 1952. I'm sorry. What I was looking for was the uh, the experiment in, in England. And in 1952, that caused flash flooding in Linmouth and was the cause of at least, I want to say, three dead, maybe 10 dead. Uh, and this was, this was the military, and it's admitted. You can pull it up right now. Uh, the UK Guardian RAF rainmakers caused 1952 flood. They killed people, Mike. They killed people with this so-called experimentation. You know who got fired? You know who got prosecuted? You know who got jailed or executed? Nobody. Nobody. And this is just with like cloud seeding. And that's 1952. Do you know how much further they are along now? These are Luciferians. They want us sick. They want us dumbed down. They want us impoverished. They want us dead. And they're going to use all of our money and our technology to put us in that situation. That's what that's for. That's what the chemtrails are for. That's what the technology is for. It's for manipulation and enslavement. That's why they put fluoride in our drinking water. What, what dentist have you ever gone to who said, hey, uh, Mike, you've got, uh, you got a big cavity right here. Look, take this nice big tall glass of, of uh, fluoride and drink that down, okay? Never, never. It's topical if it works at all. They put it in a, in a, a mold. They smack it against your teeth, they hold it there for whatever amount of time they figure they need, and then they pull it out and they say rinse and spit. How do you get from that to your municipality? What the heck does your your local idiot politician care about the health of your teeth for? And they're going to put – this violates the most basic rules of medicine. You have to give your permission to be medicated. This violates the Hippocratic Oath. Yeah. You don't have permission to, put, put, to, to impregnate my drinking water with any chemical. No less fluoride. And the, the, here's the funny thing. is The vast majority of fluoride is put in chemicals is industrial-grade. It's not pharmaceutical-grade. They go get industrial waste and dump that in there and then laugh themselves to the bank. And it's there to dumb you down. What does fluoride do? When it's ingested, it becomes a toxin. It affects your reproductive system, and it affects your mental acuity. And that's why they do it. And it's sickening and shocking to me how people buy that and allow it to happen. And it wouldn't be uh, with with pitchforks and torches in the streets. But that's what the fluoride is for. That's what the chemtrails are for. It's just another aspect of enslavement and them poisoning you. How, Mike, how expensive is it to eat healthy today?
1: It's extremely expensive. I know firsthand. It's an
0: accident?
1: Yeah. Absolutely not. I, I And I see it uh, increasing every week. And there was a time that I was dealing with my MS through nutrition, but it got to such a point because, you know, an organic apple is three, you know at least double the price of one that's not labeled organic. You don't even know if they are organic, anyways. You know what I mean? As far as, <laughs> as far as um, labeling, you know the truth in labeling. So.
0: Oh yeah, uh, isn't that interesting? In fact, I just saw something um, recently. The reptilian-controlled Congress have just voted to label less food items. The reptilian-controlled Congress, who's looking out for you, Bill O'Reilly, you Irish Catholic traitor. Who's looking out for you? They have voted in the Republican Congress to take off the point of origin of meats in the grocery store. You would think when you have these, these um, referendums in California, the People's Republic of Mexipornia, where they're so left-wing, they're basically communists, you would think at least there they could get a referendum to label genetically manipulated organisms passed without a problem. And yet, the idea that all we want is more information for what we're eating and it doesn't pass, how is that possible? And then you look back and you see that, uh, I believe, Catholic um, Supreme Court justices, by the way, we have uh, nine Supreme Court justices, and six of them are Catholics, and three right. of them are left-wing Jews.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't describe the power structure I don't know what would. I mean, that's pretty much what we're dealing with as far as in the New World Order, uh, <laughs> the ruling elite, if you will. You got know, predominantly Roman Catholic, and then, of course, you got these people that call themselves Jews, which are not Jews.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Le- leftist Jews that are put up there for our ire and for our anger so that we don't see what one. And I wanted to say that uh, it was Clarence Thomas was once a lawyer for, for Monsanto. He's win-win, Catholic Clarence Thomas. So, um, but look, I wanted to close this out, and I want to close it out on an, on an upbeat um, uh, note. Now, I know there are people out there that say that, that geoengineering and the chemtrails, part of what is being done in the chemtrails is to actually mold or change our biosphere to make it more amenable for these hybrids, these demon-human hybrids. And by the way, this is borne out in the dream of Nebuchadnezzar found in Daniel chapter 2. And at the very bottom of the two legs of iron that we now know to be the Roman Empire, I believe at least to be the one leg is the west and the other leg is Eastern Orthodoxy. I agree Eats and toes of miry clay and Daniel says they will, not, they will attempt to cleave with the seed of man and will not we're talking about something that was other than the seed of man so some people have surmised that chemtrails are purposely changing our biosphere to make it easier for these aber- aberrations to exist and so where, where do you go with that oh by the way I absolutely believe that people like Steve Quayle are uh, papal shills and insiders there to distract you. At the bare minimum, to hype this up, to take us to extremes, and to go with the wrong direction in it. He talks about the, the same giants of the Bible are exactly what these Luciferians are doing today. No. If you have a military mind, what would you do to create these, an aberration like this in biblical times where hand-to-hand combat with an edge weapon is how you control people. You would create a being of massive stature that was unstoppable in hand-to-hand combat. Is that what we have today? No. No, Steve Quayle. We're not looking at the giants. If there's any hybridization going on today, and I believe there is, we're not going to see a return of the giants. We're going to see something more sinister. You're going to have uh, transhumans that have abilities that will help them to succeed against normal humans, whether it's to read your mind or kill you at a distance, whatever. But you know what? I don't get upset over that. I don't get scared by that. Gideon only needed 300. He's the real 300. The, the Battle of Thermopylae, it wasn't the Battle of 300. It started out with some 7,000 Greeks and was whittled down to uh, 1,300. There were uh, a 1,000 thespians that were the invisible heroes of the Battle of Thermopylae with these idiot movies like 300 that come out. Gideon had the real 300 that vanquished thousands. But how did he do it? The Lord told him, I'm going to take your army of thousands, and I'm going to whittle it down myself, and I'm going to tell you how many you need, and I'm going to give you a test. And the test is, these are going to be good men after my own heart, and I'm going to tell you, put them at a water source. Have them go and drink. And who was selected? Those who went to the water source and buried their head in the water and drank with abandon and lust were not selected. Those that drank with restraint and discipline and kept situational awareness by raising the water to their lips and lapping it like a dog, those were the ones that selected. And the Lord took those 300 and he kicked butt. And that's all we need. Jesus Christ is the great equalizer. You can change the whole atmosphere. You can send an army of demonic hybrids against us. Guess what? We will still win.
1: Yeah. Those who are followers and believers in Christ, those who believe in God, put their trust in God. Absolutely. That's the end. We
0: have the King of Kings. No weapon formed against us will prosper.
1: Right. And it's, it's fascinating what they're doing, too. I mean, if you, have you seen the video of the robotic arm that uh, it simulates the samurai sword uh,
0: master? I haven't seen that, but I've seen other similar videos. I've seen the video of, of the new uh, fabrication, the mechanical mule that the Marine Corps is, is now using to pack gear across rough terrain. The cheetah? I've seen the, the cheetah that can, you know, but here's, you know, again, I, I bring this up. How often have you seen in Hollywood this idea of the robot or the cyborg that is completely um, undiscernible from a human being? Mm -hmm. To this very day, they do not have the ability to create a a mechanism that is indiscernible from a human being. The cheetah, uh, yes, it was impressive to see a cheetah, a mechanical cheetah on a treadmill. Um, you want to see a cheetah in real life turn on a dime over rough terrain, that's the hand of God, brother. They're mm-hmm. never going to touch that. No, not in, in another 500 years, they're not going to touch that.
1: It just goes to show you how disconnected they are to God and to reality. And I think that's what they want the rest of us to live in their, dis- their, their fantasy. Their delus- Bingo.
0: Bingo. That is the purpose of this Luciferian lie matrix. They're going to live in it, and they want us to be forced to live in it with them and be slaves. Well, guess what? That's what you and I are here to do, is to give people a chance at freedom. Well, one more,
1: one more question I want to talk about. I know we're bouncing around a little bit, but I think it's, you know, for those who are here, this for the first time. It's, these are questions worthy of asking to get them thinking. They don't have to agree with everything that we say, but just get you thinking about this stuff, because the truth is, you really have been lied to about about everything. Uh, satellites, you think they're real? No. You've been, in the, you've been in the military. You've had experience by now. You're...
0: I think yeah, that's a good question. I, I think there are technologies there that I have not uncovered yet. Um, I, I think it's fascinating that uh, I I subscribe to to satellite radio, and. All you have to do is see that one of the names of the hosts of Satellite Radio is Sirius, the dog star, and then do some research on what the dog star Sirius is to the pagan demonic cults, and you have the information that you know. There's a tie-in there, uh, the same way that NASA names its uh, uh, space missions after pagan demonic Greek myths. There's technology there that they use to fool people, I'm um, in the process of trying to uncover exactly what that technology is. I'm already completely sold on the flat Earth geocentric cosmology, um, so it, it's, it's not too hard for me to uh, just chalk that up to uh, a technology that, that I'm not uh, clear on. Well, but at the very least, you can, have, um, uh, you can have things at a certain height. I really don't know what the cutoff is, as far as when technology cannot breach, what area is it that technology cannot breach, uh, what happens if you go to Antarctica, to the Great Ice Ring? That, 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 it, do you eventually run out? Is there something that you can actually perceive and touch? What exactly are those limitations? We don't know, um, and the Luciferians might not even know either. But it's just part of the PSYOP as far as I'm concerned. The satellites well, do not exist. Yeah, so oh, wait, is- and here's a, here's a great proof. I don't well, to what touch do, off, what Mike. Here's just- a great proof. Wait, before we go, here's a great proof of this. Gravity, the ridiculous lie of gravity, okay? The idea that bodies, foreign bodies, can be magically suspended at specific heights above the planet, not pulled out by a vacuum of space, and just hover there, it abrogates the laws of physics. You have to have a tie In the smallest atom, you have electrical bonds that allow electrons to revolve around a nucleus. There has to be a bond of some kind, and this magical idea of gravity is unproven and, and is impossible. That in and of itself tells you that what you've been told about satellites is a lie. Even if they exist, even if they're up there, there's a bond that holds them in place that is not what you were told.
1: Yeah. So I don't disagree with anything you just said there. I, my, I, those people that say they see satellites with their telescope, what do you have to say about that? What do you think? First, they and foremost,
0: look, first and foremost, look at it yourself. Look at it yourself. Uh, there are lights that move across the sky. At this point in time, um, research is ongoing. Uh, we are now at a point where technology, there have always been shooting stars throughout human history, could be exactly what they are. Some of the lights are fixed. Some of them move. Um, do, lights fa- do, do stars fall to the ground? At the bare minimum, we're, we're told that that's how, that's how Satan fell. And, of course, this could be a metaphor. Maybe it's not a metaphor. Maybe there's, there's a cosmology. Maybe there's physics there that we don't understand. But to me... I'll allow that question to go unanswered, but in regards to, don't draw a conclusion that has no evidence. If you see a light moving across the sky, first and foremost, understand with modern technology, um, and um, uh, the different. Uh, let's see, project not blue, blue book, but um, blue beam. Blue beam, Project Blue Beam and the ability to, uh, uh, to do real holograms, not like that idiot Mark Sargent says. No, today modern technology uh, will absolutely allow for you to be, think you see things that you don't really see. So uh, if you see a star, and you see a light moving across the sky, you have no idea what that is. You can think, you can be told it's a satellite, but until you can make out with detail that it is a man-made object, it is not a man-made object. You have to verify that. Think real empirical science. Testable, repeatable, observable. Isolate the variables. We are the real scientists. Right. If you are not able to verify it by the scientific method, then don't draw an unwarranted conclusion. Yes, you have a light moving across the sky. Does it prove the heliocentric ball model universe? No. Does it prove the uh, flat earth geocentric model? No, not until I get more information. Simple as that. Do your own research and don't allow the malignant luciferian elite to tell you what you're seeing. Yeah, That's the most important thing.
1: Oh, I agree with you. It's just, just, just because someone says that's what it is doesn't mean that's what it is. And at this point, I mean, it's, there, there are countless examples of this.
0: Let me give you another quick example, Mike. Let me give you another quick example. I've got a a family friend that gave me a hard time about uh, perspective across the water. Suez Canal, for instance, 100 miles on almost a completely flat plane of the Suez Canal. You should be dropping hundreds of feet if there's a real curvature of the earth. He brought up, well, wait a minute. He's a Navy guy. He brought up how you can watch a ship dip below the horizon as it goes in the distance. Do you actually do that? Have you watched a ship dip below the horizon? No. It is a trick of perspective. If you add magnification to what you're watching, guess what? Surprise, surprise. The ship reappears. It is a trick of perspective. In the same way that the sun appears to be setting, if you are watching across a plane so vast that the sun moves out of your sight, it is a trick of perspective that says it's actually dropping below the, the earth, the horizon, whatever it is. It is a trick of perspective that you can verify yourself on the ship disappearing below the horizon, add magnification to what you're seeing, and surprise, surprise, the entire ship will reappear. You have to verify this. Don't trust anything. To quote the Freemasonic Jesuits at Russia Today, question more. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Including crushing them. Yeah, so it's it's interesting when I look at this geoengineering, I look at the satellites, I look at all this stuff. You look at uh, the fake NASA stuff, uh, geocentrism, heliocentrism, the fact that we really don't. I think because we've been in, under this grand mind control, psychops operation. Most of us have a hard time recognizing our reality and where we're at, you know what I mean? How many of the last times people just even bothered, went outdoors and just stare at a tree and the squirrels and the birds and just observe God <laughs> and His creation. Uh, we're so busy staring at, you know, flickering images on a television or a computer or whatever, um, listening to authorities tell us what is the truth instead of just being in reality you know, going on a camping trip once in a while wouldn't be a bad idea. (laughs) Um, Making your own fire wouldn't be a bad idea Um, to uh, kind of shake you up a little bit. You know, the thing is about this uh, geoengineering, these lines, and then you talked about, we talked about these uh, lights running across the sky, and it's certainly only speculation and a whacked-out theory on my part, but uh, could the... um, the lines would be something natural Mm, say angels I mean I don't know what do you think
0: (laughs) Well, anything is possible as long as we do our our own research Um, I I will say honestly Mike that that I really believe um, in fact there is a book that I like to to promote uh, written by an author I like named Nick Redfern and I believe the title of it is uh, "Final Events," and it talks about a a shocking cooperative that exists amongst interdimensional beings with world governments, particularly the government of the United States. And I absolutely believe that it's certainly possible. Um, and 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 Redford will actually go out to on a limb and point in the direction that these beings are traditional demons as opposed to what they appear to be masquerading as as aliens. And so it's entirely possible, I'll, I'll let the audience make their, draw their own conclusions based on their own research, that there is a cooperative that is that extensive. I honestly believe, as I do my research, that there are things that occur, even in my own personal experience, where it's hard to figure out where the, where the physical ends and the spiritual begins in regards to the authority that is making something happen. And it's because that they probably are, in the same way that we are one with Christ through the Holy Spirit, they are one with their master, the devil. And so he is able to manipulate them so well that it's even hard to discern where the human hand stops and the demonic hand starts so it's absolutely at the bare minimum I would say yes the technologies expounded may very well have uh an interdimensional genesis behind them but certainly when I look up in the sky and and see that there's a trail of something coming from the back of an aircraft oh it's it's something and, and, and it's it's something measurable
1: absolutely yeah it makes you wonder what it's all about um like these chemtrails, I mean one of the things that I keep running across is you know, the whole idea of um uh, global warming. The war will it warm? Yeah, the Bible says that things will be burned up in the end. Um, and also, you know, um, is this some kind of defense, some kind of military weapon in the end that's yeah, maybe they'll kill billions of us with it maybe it's about water modification but is the end game as a way of somehow defending the inevitable when god comes his judgment That they think somehow they can deflect god with this stuff i know it sounds kind of crazy but i keep running across my mind maybe i'm crazy maybe it's something to knock me out of this um could it possibly be a weapon against God in the end that they're trying to do?
0: Oh, I don't doubt it for a minute. In fact, the vast majority of the Luciferians are, are doing everything, everything they can to shore up their position, to shore up their battlements. But um, guess what, Mike? I read the end of the book, and we win.
1: Oh, yeah. I I, I know. I don't believe they will succeed. I don't believe they succeed at all, whether it's this new world order or their war against God their war against us. They may kill the body. They, they can't kill us, our soul, our spirits, especially if we're right with God. So, I don't know, man. It's been a very interesting uh, show today. I really do appreciate you being with me. Uh, I respect your research. I respect your opinions. I respect the fact that you are so aware about things like the Jesuits and that you are strong about your opinions. God has gifts, gifts you, my brother, with uh, the ability to communicate and so don't give up on this. We need you. We need you out there. We need you out there telling people the truth and there might not be a lot of people out there that want to hear it but uh, it's important that you share the message so I really have a lot of admiration for you and there's another thing too that I, I've noticed a couple of times that you bring up this whole thing about your cursing, your swearing, all that. Who cares? <laughs> well, yeah, if You somebody, know, I, I, if somebody's going to bellyache you, about you that's your presentation and in a day that's really their problem.
0: I, I, I do um, on my program Resistance Rising on Blog Talk Radio. I'm I'm a passion. Look, I'm Italian. I spent my life as a, as a soldier and a marine for for almost 20 years. I'm a passionate guy. I, well, I
1: I'll, be yourself, you know. I like yeah, you.
0: I, I do. I, I do allow coarse language. I never, ever, ever, ever take the Lord's name in vain. Ever since I was saved uh, on January 16, 1994, I've, I, I, I've oh somehow confuse my tongue and let and the, the Lord's name has come out maybe three times since I've been saved by accident. Uh, I never take the Lord's name in vain. I will occasionally uh, add a colorful exclamation point to, to what I say on the program. And I edit it out carefully with a bleep. Um, and it's funny the reactions I get because um, I, I don't want it to be a stumbling block for Christians, but by the same token, uh, I had a nice lady who wrote me an email <clears throat> i 'm sorry about that uh, missed the cough button there um, and uh, I, I first and foremost apologize to her. I say, Look, I examine myself daily, and I do recognize that that um, allowing unclean things to escape my lips is sinful and I ask the lord 's for forgiveness. Uh, I sin much, but I am forgiven much because I love much and Isn't it wonderful that we in America can be so motivated by foul language to write a host a letter (laughs) asking them to change their, their behavior when Christians around the world are being raped, murdered, beheaded? Little babies are being ripped from the womb, limb from limb, Pairs of scissors are being jammed into the backs of their necks in this country on your tax dollar, and yet you have the time to write me about uh, a little S-bomb or something that comes out every once in a while because I get hot under the collar. Aren't we blessed and cursed in the West by our pastors who keep us completely asleep In our pews and that's why i despise the word church that's why i don't go to church i stay home i worship the lord i study on uh, on our own and church home fellowships are the way to go i say ecclesia i don't say church anymore because organized religion is the hand of satan if you really want to know who jesus christ is you live him every day of your life not not for an hour on sunday morning so um i I do ask for, for forgiveness for being a little salty on the show but you're also going to get the straight dope from me, brother.
1: Here we go. Listen to this. Martin Luther attacked King Henry in print, calling him a pig, a adult, and a liar. At the king's request, more composed rebuttal, and, uh, blah, 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 blah. Let's see, Rosa. More language, like Luther's, uh, was merriment. He branded Luther as an ape, a drunkard, and a lousy little friar. Amongst the other insults. <laughs> and then he goes, Rossus. I think it's pronounced R O S S E U S. You have any idea? Rossus? Rossus? Rossius? Yeah, that's a pretty good guess. He, he, you should know how many times they call uh says the word, you know, S H I T. Listen, at the end of the day, it means nothing. We've been so brainwashed worrying about the words that come out of the people's mouths, whether they're filthy or not. And like you said, in the meantime, here's another example. Hey, listen, look up at the sky. What the heck are you doing? What are you doing about that? You're doing nothing about that. There's no moral courage in attacking someone, in fact, whether you don't like their filthy language, if you're not willing to really address the real issues that are facing you, your children, your grandchildren.
0: Like they strain it's a total gnat
1: hypocrisy, and, and that's what Christianity has done the average Christian has turned him into a hypocrite.
0: They strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. When Christ said do not judge, he wasn't saying don't judge. In fact he told you judge with righteous judgment. He was saying, Don't be a hypocrite, because the measure by which you measure shall also you be measured. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I can think of more filthier language. Look at Pope Francis t- t- saying that he's uh, he's saying that he's uh, second Christ, and that he's telling people that uh, not to take the Bible seriously and read it. Uh, I think that's pretty filthy. <laughs> I think that's much yeah. more filthy. So it's it's this what's happened to us is we've become so. Once again through this psychops operation that easing runs through the church that we have focused on the wrong issues. That's what they need to make sure that we focus on the wrong issues so that we never do
0: anything. Well that's just the for Fox News, isn't it? Right there. You just you just gave me the entire agenda <laughs> of Fox News. Alex Jones. Look anyway, at this, but don't look well, at that.
1: Yeah, well that's all mass made mass media and then well yeah a I think it was you that brought it up. You said that it was it. All, uh, all mass media is, is based on lies and disinformation, and then right. if you get uh, alternative media, it's the same thing. You know how many very rare people there are like you and I? I mean, you should realize it now, and that make us feel like we're exceptional people, but because of the hand of God, even if we're willing to even have this type of conversation. Um, to be willing to bring up God, to bring up the Jesuits, to bring up what's going on in the world, to bring up the fact that, you know, what they're telling us about the earth is not true. You might really, I mean, listen, one of the most divisive issues out there that's been going on in the world of Christendom, believe it or not, I don't know if you realize this, <clears throat> is the flat earth issue. Uh, it just drives people nuts. They get so upset about it. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're a a fool. You're an idiot. How can you believe such a thing? And and yet, it's been a debate that's been going on our whole lives. We never noticed it and for 2,000-plus years. At one time, it wasn't even a debate.
0: And if you talk with someone and, and, and you subtract from them any of the information that they've been given and only allow for observations that they have made by themselves, it's not even a debate anymore.
1: Right. Which makes me, this whole flat Earth issue is very important because for them to put the amount of energy and time to first confuse the issue to keep us from even knowing what our world looks like when they have enough technology to give us the truth, the fact that You know, this is God's creation that we live on, and they want to hide it, and that it's been an issue, and that it's such a divisive issue that, let's face it, uh, if people started believing once again in the flat earth, what would that do to the whole paradigm?
0: Revolution, brother.
1: That would be the paradigm. Revolution. It would be the beginning. Really, honestly, it would be. More, even It's a scary thought to think that maybe, in the end of the day, this flat Earth issue could be the spark that wakes people up and says, wait a minute. Because you know what, by me just looking into it, 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 it solidified uh, my realization of how uh, erroneous, how false, how wicked NASA is. It's one thing to say that they faked the moon landing, but they realized they faked everything. It really forces, it forces you to really question everything.
0: As much as they control every military, every intelligence agency, every government, all the way down to, to large cities, they control the mayor of the large cities. Mike, it's a house of cards. It's a house of cards, and all it takes is that, that one little Michael Crichton Flap of the wing of a butterfly in China, and you have a a thunderstorm in Chicago. Chaos theory, brother. Chaos theory. That's all it takes. It's a house of cards. That's especially how control works for the Luciferian. It doesn't. It doesn't.
1: Yeah. Well, brother, thank you for sharing this. I hope that you come back soon. Um, You got any uh, future interviews coming up? Anybody know about
0: I am, uh, my highest priority right now is just to make sure that I'm um, um, paying my bills with something that doesn't want to turn me into a psychotic whack job. So uh, as far as the time I invest in something that really matters, like what we're doing right now, I'm uh, I'm pretty open, brother. I'm at your service. You stay in touch with me and we'll uh, we'll visit again anytime you're ready.
1: Well, maybe we could do it in, in another uh, two weeks and uh, at sure. same time, same day. Does that work?
0: Sure, sure, we'll put it down. <clears throat>
1: and then we'll, you can think of what you would like to talk about, or I'll think what i like to I'm sure there will be uh, things that will come up as far as your research, my research, and as far as what's going on in the world. So. But it seems like we have plenty of things to talk about, really. So. <laughs> Always. <laughs> so, okay, brother, you stay on. I'm just going to hang up here uh, from the show here. People, once again, this is uh, Johnny Cerucci. Uh, the author of uh, Illuminati, Expo, or excuse me, Illuminati Unmasked, and uh, I haven't had a chance to read it, but from the folks that I've been communicating with that have, they are really positive about it, so maybe when I get around to it, I definitely will read it, more of it. Is, is, do you have the PDF? You can get that through PDF form, too?
0: I sure do. Uh, it's yeah. uh, available in uh, hard form or Kindle. And uh, stay in touch with me, Mike. I'll make sure to, to get you a copy. Well,
1: you know, maybe the next time that we have, within two weeks, we can uh, maybe you can pick a, a segment or something out of your book, and we'll read it to help promote the book and your show and also to give people some information if you're game for that.
0: That'd be awesome.
1: That'd be real cool. That'd be a logical thing to do. Um, yeah, once again, uh, and he also has, you know, com. He's got uh, Resistant Rising, on Blog Talk Radio, and um uh, Johnny has a very he has his own way of doing it. And I I appreciate it, and a lot of other people I've been talking to actually appreciate it as well. So uh, don't knock yourself, brother. Don't worry about it. If People want a belly ache, let belly bellyache. You know what I mean? As long as you're sharing the truth, you're speaking the truth, you're praising the Lord, uh be human about it. You know, this you, you don't ever what, what the problem is 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 Christians, we you know we we've been programmed to present a false package to everybody look how wonderful i am look how pure i am look how great i am when the truth is all of us are sinners we're full of crud and you know what (laughs) maybe we ought to be a little more honest and praise and glory to god realize that we do need a savior we do need someone to fix us we do need uh, someone to save us more importantly Uh, we're all fallen and why pretend to be what you're not just because, you know what, really what they're doing, what everyone's doing, we're trying to manipulate each other to convince everybody that we're something that we're not. And I don't believe that that's really what it should have been all about. But the reason why we do that deep down inside is because we love the group, we love ourselves more than God. That's the reason why we do it. We don't do it to praise God. We don't do it to prove the glory God. We do it because we're worried what other people will think of us. And that is absolutely wrong, and this is all life's been. And by the way, it goes back now to psychops, all the things that are going on in the world, because they've lied to us, and because we are worried about what other people think about us, and we're more concerned about the groupthink, how many people are willing to man up, woman up and talk about the Jesuits, the fact that the Earth might be flat, and accept, you know, embrace deal with the fact that you're probably going to be mocked made fun of, not probably, you will be mocked, made fun of, maybe even killed for speaking the truth. But that's our job as servants of Christ is to speak the truth, regardless of how flawed we are. Regardless of how flawed a man like Martin Luther was. You know what? He still spoke the truth, and he gave you the Bible, and you know what? You can find a million faults about him. You'll find a million faults about me or Johnny or anybody else, it's not about us. You see, the whole thing is what they've done is that somehow we're supposed to be representatives of Christ. We're supposed to. How do we do that, really? It's by teaching his truth. It's not that we're Christ. He's Christ. It's not that we're perfect. He's perfect. It's not that we can fix anything. He will fix things. Get it? That's the, what it's all about. I know people don't want to hear that. They think it's too simplistic, but it's the reality. Maybe that's what we ought to start being more in reality. So with that, am I done? I'm done with my diatribe. You want to say anything more before I close?
0: You you pegged it, brother. You absolutely pegged it. Um, you know we're we're all sinners. We're all in need of a savior. And maybe that's the one good thing that can come of it is that we come across as real human beings. We're not fake. We're not phony. Um, we're we're just people and. I would never attempt to do this, what you and I are doing, unless I had the King of Kings in my corner, Jesus Christ, because they have everything else. But you know what? Having Jesus Christ is all you really need. And we will win, brother. We will win.
1: Amen. And with that, folks, God bless and take care